Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my Taste Buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Have you ever heard a menacing just from outside your window? Well, it could just be the goat man. This is Darkness Prevails, the place where you share your true stories with the world, because this world is a strange one. The goat man is a creepy creature sighted all over America, in the mountains, in the forests, sometimes in your own home. It's a beast that's half man and half goat, and while that doesn't sound too terrifying, you might just change your mind when you hear him mimicking the sounds of your loved ones to bait you into the woods alone. Enjoy these allegedly real sightings of the goat man. Remember, you can also send us your true stories with the links in the description. Also, you can get your Goatman and other monster t-shirts at my merch store, morbidmonsters.com. And real quick, here are the first five comments from my previous video in my Southern Royal accent. Charmless Sniping says, yes, best one ever. Watching vids since last March. Boy, 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 boy. I'll have you know, Charmless, I am a man. Oliver Cram says, loves these vids. Gonna tell my friends to watch and subscribe. I think we should all strive to be a little Oliver sometimes. The Magical Unicorn herself says, your videos are always a treat. If only it was Halloween once more. Mitchell Best Jr. is here with I don't get scared, but I like your stories. I'm about right there with you, Mitchell. After so many stories, you just don't get scared anymore. And TKDJ Dawn says, it's a piece of corn stuck in my teeth if I had a nickel. All right, enough of that. Let's get into these stories. Number one. It just got real. Submitted by Mike Zombie 777. I live on the east coast of Australia in a regular suburban area, and I've never experienced anything remotely paranormal until now. I want to note that this incident has terrified me so badly that I've come to absolutely dread nighttime. 
even as a married 27-year-old man. This has become something I'm trying to deal with because I mean, I'm a grown man, scared of the dark that bad. Well, a few weeks ago, I went outside for a cigarette just before bed, as I normally do. Now, despite living in a heavily populated area, as I was puffing away, I began to notice the weird, deafening silence around me. No geckos or birds, no bats. Bizarre enough, I thought, but I kept puffing away. I should have known better, that this may have been a sign of something very wrong. Now this is where things began happening. I heard a couple of bangs, which sounded like my kitchen window being smacked, and then I heard heavy footsteps. I thought it was my wife just doing some rather loud last minute cleaning before bed, but it was very loud. I poked my head inside and asked her what on earth she was doing. She didn't respond. All the lights were off as they were just before I came outside. Nothing had been moved, nothing had been cleaned. It was obvious she was still in the bedroom, sleeping. It was at this moment that I thought someone was trying to break into our house, so I rushed around to the other side with a kitchen knife ready to see who was trying to invade my home. But there was no one there. I slowly crept around back to the other side of the house, and again, nothing was there. I seemed to be alone outside. I was still freaked out, still in my fight or flight mode. I started walking back into the house, and wouldn't you know it, just as I got to the back door to go inside and put my cigarette out, I noticed a shadow out of the corner of my eye. My heart was pounding by this point, but as I turned and looked up, it was gone. It couldn't have been an intruder. People don't just disappear and reappear like that without making a single sound. I flew inside so fast, I almost tripped over our step in the doorway. As I go to shut the curtains, my heart absolutely sank at what I saw next. I'm not joking. I was filled with a type of fear that no one should ever have to experience. Right there, pressed up against my back door window, was the ugliest, most disgusting and terrifying thing I have ever seen. It looked like a goat's head, but all wrong. It was very tall and lanky, almost like a person, but with fur and standing upright. It had those weird eyes that goats have, and its jaw skin was missing. But it had teeth, teeth unlike a person's or a goat's at all, teeth like a crocodile or alligator, and it was snarling. I could see its breath against the window, leaving a layer of fading mist. Just writing this is bringing all those emotions back, giving me chills. When I saw that, I was frozen in place and I couldn't move, and I was absolutely thoroughly terrified. I felt sick to my stomach, and dread was filling my body. I stood there looking it right in the eyes for what felt like hours. It was just standing there, face still pressed up on the glass. It eventually moved backwards a little, and that's when I was able to move again, 
I ever so slowly backed up as well and hid behind the wall to the right of the back door, occasionally peeking out to see if the thing was still there. And yep, it was each and every time just staring at me as if peering into my soul. Desperate for what to do, I began to recite the Lord's Prayer over and over. As I got to the last verse, it let out a screech so terrifying, it was burned into my mind. It sounded like what I think a person would sound like if they were being chased by someone with an ax. After that, I looked back at the door again, and the creature was gone, or so it appeared. By then, I was shaking and blubbering like a child, asking God to save me. I fumbled with my own body to get back in the bedroom. I laid down next to my sleeping wife, and I sobbed silently until finally falling asleep. My wife had apparently not heard what was going on, but during the entire night, I heard taps at the window, and I heard this odd noise, but I was not, under any circumstances, going to go out there for another look. I haven't told anyone this story, including my wife. Living out here, I don't want to scare her, and I don't want to look stupid in front of other people. I'm not crazy, and I've always been very logical until that moment. I wonder if this was a demon, something putting a trance into me, trying to feed off of my fear. In the stories, they never actually take anyone's lives, but they do utterly and completely terrify them, to the point where just living is bad enough. I've quit smoking since then, because I refuse to have to go outside at night. I'd rather quit than step another foot out there with whatever that thing might have been. I still close all the curtains and lock all the doors every night. A wild pack of horses couldn't drag me outside at night, not if their lives depended on it, because mine does. Number two, Goatman in Oklahoma, submitted by Dr. Pro. This is not my story, but the story of a buddy of mine I used to work with. So shout out to you, Jesse, if you hear this. I'm 20 years old. I live in the lower half of Oklahoma, about an hour away from OKC. I work at a fast food restaurant with a very high turnover rate. So needless to say, I've met and talked to several interesting and odd people we've hired. However, I've always been very personable and love getting to know people by asking them questions, questions they may not normally be asked. One day, Jesse and I were both off and began talking about the supernatural and how, even though I'm skeptic, I still love people's stories. When out of nowhere, he gets really serious. His face goes slightly pale and he says to me, I, I have a story. By this sudden change in mood, I could tell he was serious. He was usually a very bubbly guy, but this was completely different from him. So all I could do was listen. One day, Jesse and his friend Phil 
We're skipping school as rambunctious kids often do in the same area we now work in. Phil's father owned several properties, but one in particular that never really got used much. It was a plot of land with maybe 30 acres of land on it, sparse of trees and grass. But the thing about this property was that it had a house on it, one of those old 50s or 60s style houses that looked like the residents just suddenly up and left one day with no reason and without their belongings. Being bored and out of anything else to do in rural Oklahoma, they thought it would be a good idea to go and explore. By then, it was about three in the afternoon, and it was a bright and sunny day as they traveled together down the dirt road to the house. They arrived there shortly, and they got out of their truck and walked the path leading to the house. They moved the gate as they entered. The house itself was a two-story old country house with a big porch, somewhat sizable living room, and a bunch of old things everywhere. They walked up the creaky porch, each step letting out that old creaking sound very slowly as they moved. Phil decided to explore the inside, while Jesse elected to explore the outside and porch. Phil went in, leaving the barely hinged door wide open, while Jesse looked around. He found nothing of interest, so he hopped off the porch and began walking around the other side of the place. As he did, he said he began to hear some sort of heavy breathing and heavy footsteps. Thinking it was only Phil trying to scare him, he continued around the house. Now, halfway around the place, he suddenly heard the loudest scream he'd ever heard. He froze in his tracks. Phil's father never used this land, didn't even own livestock, and whatever that was sounded like an injured goat, so there was no reason a goat should be out there. Before Jesse could move, a figure slowly began walking around the other corner. It was tall, six and a half feet tall, in fact, and very lean. He nervously looked up at its head, only to find a more off-putting sight, a goat's head on top of a muscular torso, looming down on him and very obviously looking right at him. Jesse snapped out of it and bolted back towards the house they came from, screaming the whole way. Phil, hearing this scream, ran out of the house yelling, what, what's wrong? But he must have noticed the figure as well, now closer to the porch, just staring at him. Phil then took off, catching up to and passing Jesse, who then tripped. Jesse, shaken but not hurt, got up to continue running, but not before one last look at the house. All he saw was that goat man, now standing in front of the place and just watching them leave, standing motionless. They both got back to the truck fine. Jesse rightly ticked off about being passed up by his so-called friend, and they hightailed it out of there. Moral of the story, don't trespass on Goatman's property. And if you do, make sure you move faster than your so-called friends. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, 
People are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too, in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Number 3. The Goat Demon Submitted by Dark Hay This all started on December of 2013. We were having a Christmas party at my place. I invited over three friends who were always there for me. Alan, Bruce, and Edgar were their names. We're all from Costa Rica, a place full of wonders and mysteries alike. It was December 24th specifically. My family was eagerly fixing up the place and cleaning up since the party was coming pretty fast. I always thought that cleaning up so much was a bit exaggerated but they liked doing it, so I never really commented about it. Plus, it was just nice to see the place cleaned up. By 8 p.m., all of the guests had arrived, including my friends. The party was held at a small party ranch located near our house. I took my friends to the house, however, because we wanted to play some injustice. 30 minutes into the game, we began to hear branches breaking around the house we really didn't pay much mind to it because the trees grow very closely around the house and every so often a branch will break off here and there. Otherwise, it was probably a guest outside stepping on one of the twigs underneath the trees. Another hour had passed and we heard the branches breaking once again. This time it was a little more startling since the sound was coming right out of my bedroom's window which was located opposite the side the party was at. 
The weird thing was that the sound completely stopped right out of my window, which pretty much meant that whatever was out there breaking stuff was now right by my window. We had the blinds down so nothing could be seen in or out. I looked at my friends while putting down my PS4 controller and I asked them, did you guys just hear that? I was a little confused and worried because whatever was outside had just stopped moving. Oh, what are you going on about? Said Alan as he grabbed the controller from the ground and began playing. I was genuinely scared at this point I didn't dare to open the blinds, so I just watched them play as my mind kept rushing, imagining what could possibly be just outside my window. After a few minutes more, the branches began breaking again, and you could hear footsteps just outside, and they were very heavy steps, and there was a really bad odor filling my room. It was like rotten eggs, and at this point, my friends heard and smelled the same things I had been experiencing. I looked at them. They all had their gross expressions on their faces, and I said, I told you I had heard something. I began to step closer to the window. As I reached to open the blind, I heard whatever was out there begin to run in the opposite direction, but I opened it just fast enough to catch a brief glimpse of whatever it was. All I really saw was a shadow, but I could make out its figure. It was humanoid in shape and about 1.5 feet taller than me. I stared in shock and I was starting to turn pale as my friends were as well. I simply said to them, what the heck was that? They simply looked back at me and shook their heads. Bruce said, Whatever it was, it's still out there. I nodded and agreed. Either courageous or stupid, we grabbed some flashlights from the house and we headed out, all of us with the idea of going out seeing what that thing was. Whatever it had been, person or animal, it was freaky enough that it stayed just outside the window for so long, quiet and still only to suddenly run away guiltily when I approached the window. Before we even made it outside, I was already regretting our decision to go exploring, or rather hunting, but peer pressure is a heck of a thing. Once outside, we walked towards my window. We looked around. The branches were broken around on the ground, and we swear we saw hoof prints in the dirt. Yes, very much cloven hooves pressed into the soil. It was only moments later that my friends finally admitted the same, Edgar suddenly saying, wait a second, those aren't footprints. Do you guys own a pig or livestock or something? When he turned and asked me that, his face seemed to turn more pale by the second, especially when I answered him, no, we don't. We all turned at the same time towards where the thing had run off to, and as if in silent agreement, we all swallowed hard and began to approach it. And as we made our way to where we saw the thing disappear, we began to hear the sound of chains being dragged down the street. In front of my home, 
There's a small street with pretty much no street lights, as we lived in a very rural part of the city. We heard this dragging of chains inching closer to us. Alan stumbled backwards, saying, we should just go to the party, guys. That's where everyone else is at. I nodded without taking my eyes off the street as the chains continued to approach. Yeah, I replied. Maybe it's not the best idea to be out here alone with God knows what. As we started to head back, I just kept watching the street. Even as my body turned around and began walking away, I soon saw what was making the chain dragging sound, the thing that had been trying to peer into my bedroom window. I shone my flashlight on a large approaching silhouette. I thought it was just a big guy, one of the party goers who was just exploring around on his own on our property. I was very much mistaken because it wasn't a person at all. It was more of a six foot monstrosity, something with a goat's face, beaming red eyes, and dark brown fur, and I could perfectly see the hooves it was walking on, hooves that matched the prints just outside my window. When you see something like that, something so horrifying and out of this world in real life, you begin to wonder to yourself, okay, it's time to wake up. Wake up from this nightmare. And your fear only grows exponentially when you realize this is no dream. I'll never forget that fear and confusion. What I saw that night shook me. Everything I had ever learned and believed, all my ideals were changed. It's what happens when you see something that's not supposed to exist. What happens when you discover the boogeyman is real. In my dumbfounded state, I could barely even notice the chain wrapped around his right leg being dragged behind him. As if the thing had been chained up until tonight and had stumbled upon my home. I didn't want to see anymore. I didn't want to be facing this thing alone or at all. So I ran as fast as I could, catching up to my friends who were wiser than me on that occasion. And we all together ran back to the party, to the ranch, where there were enough people that we could try to not be afraid. When we arrived in the middle of the crowd, we were so pale and panting the guests at the party looked at us a little weirded out, seeing the four of us in such a state. But we were kids, so they shrugged it off, not asking us anything. They continued to party, talking and laughing and eating our food. My friends and I sat down at a table and explained to them what we saw while trying to catch our breaths. They didn't believe us, of course, who would? I hardly believed myself, and in that moment, I let them convince me that they were right, that what I saw really wasn't real, maybe a hallucination from staring at video games too long and then suddenly being scared in the middle of the dark. I know that's not right. I know that I'm just in denial about this, and in my dreams, that goatish man is as real as he was when I confronted him that night.
Number four, Goatman at my summer camp. Submitted by Scooterboy104. I'm 16 years old, love the occasional scary movie and getting creeped out with friends, but have never put any thought really into the paranormal or monsters at all. It all seems like child's play to me, or the murmurings of a fantasy-ridden mind. That's what I thought until my week at summer camp last year. It was my third summer at this camp. My parents had been sending me there for the past couple of years, but luckily I was able to be with my friends, John and Seth, and I'd grown pretty used to the camp by then. This particular year, nothing seemed different until our fourth night. Now, at this camp, we didn't have tents or cabins. We slept in a type of raised wooden platform with a canvas-like tent over them. I guess they did this because of how rocky and hilly the ground was there. The deck-like platforms were about four feet off the ground, so there was plenty of space under them, and sometimes we boys would hide out under them to jump out and scare each other or play around. Well, that night, lights were out at 10 o'clock as usual, and we were all in our cots whispering and joking and staying up a little too long. We kept an eye out on the camp counselor who was working his way around to make sure all the campers were fast asleep and that everyone was there and accounted for. There was four of us to a tent, so Seth, John, and I had been sharing ours with a new friend we had been assigned with at camp. His name was Logan, and he was a pretty cool guy. He was a huge Pokemon fan, as were the three of us, so we hit it off really fast. Pretty soon, we were all fast asleep. At a very early time in the morning, when it was still dark out, I was awoken by the sound of a gnawing and crunching. The moon was fairly bright, but on the inside of those tent platforms, it was pitch black so I couldn't see a thing. It sounded like it was coming from the back corner of our platform, so I immediately assumed it was Seth raiding the cookie stash we had been hiding from the rest of the boys. But before I could chew him out about it, Seth himself said to me in a soft whisper, Nathan, what are you doing, dude? Slightly confused, I whispered right back to him in the same tone. I was about to ask you the same thing. My eyes had adjusted a little to the darkness, and the moonlight coming in through the small back slit of the canvas tent was helping me to see things a bit better. I could make out the dark shape of Seth sitting up on his bunk, and then my other two friends were still fast asleep. As we both sat there listening, I could tell that the sound was actually coming from beneath our platform, where we would often hide out and play around. I slipped out of my cot, and quietly made my way to Seth's, because his was the closest to the back flap of the tent. By the time I had made it to him, the sounds had stopped. Seth and I both slowly stuck our heads out of the back flap of the tent, and there, in the moonlight, standing by a tree maybe 30 feet away from us, stood this wild-looking creature. It was like six and a half feet tall, covered in thick and matted brown hair from the waist down. What was really strange 
was that its torso was built like a man's, like a really hairy man's at that, but its legs were like a goat's, with its knees inverted, and I could very clearly see its hooves. The thing's head was the scariest part. The way its horns were so thick at the base, and they came out all twisted, it was just violently rubbing its horns against the trunk of a tree. Seth suddenly whispered in a low strain to me, something that made me jump. What in the world is that thing? But I just couldn't respond. I kept staring at it. I couldn't take my eyes off of it, no matter how hideous it was. After a moment, the thing stopped rubbing its horns on the tree and simply walked away. Seth and I were horrified though. We wanted to get out of our tent and go tell the camp director, but he was located on the opposite row of tents from ours, about five tents down, meaning we'd have to step out of our tents, out there with that thing. We decided to wait until morning to tell anyone what we saw. When we told John and Logan about it, they didn't really believe us at first, thought that we were just making it up to scare them or prank them. But when we told the camp director at breakfast that morning, they knew we weren't lying. Well, our friends did anyway. But the camp director didn't care, saying that some of the other boys probably brought some sort of costume or mask against the rules and just to scare the other campers. He said not to worry, he'd get to the bottom of it, but that's not what it was at all. The rest of the week at that camp, we spent there in utter fear whenever nightfall came. We never did hear or see anything else, thank God, but because of the way the camp counselors made us feel stupid for what we knew we saw, we never had the courage to tell anyone else. It's an awful thing to have seen something like this, to be unable to tell anyone, because I know it's real, and I know it's still out there. And number five, the goat creature, submitted by Dimitri L. I've had several quick experiences with creepy and scary things, but this one has really made me wonder. It was a couple of years ago when I visited England with my family. We were going to visit an old mill said to contain one of the oldest witch-related carvings. When we made it to the cliffside, we began walking down towards the mill on a barely there trail. We suddenly saw this old man walking up to us and my dad asked if we were headed the right way towards the mill. The old man was polite and it was just a bit farther to the left apparently. When we looked in that direction though, we didn't see much, but when I turned to look towards the man to ask if he was sure, he was gone. Dad said he had walked off, but no one remembered seeing him do so. Anyway, we walked towards the mill where the man had said it would be, and it definitely wasn't as close as he said it was, but it was in that direction. When we got there, something definitely felt weird or off. Dark is how I would describe it. It was like we were being watched by something or we were unwelcome. We left after taking a few photos 
which was way earlier than we planned on leaving. I think all of us were feeling the same thing, the same dread. As we walked back up the cliff, I didn't notice that my family was walking faster than me, and before I knew it, I was much further behind them. But I wasn't alone, apparently. I began to have a panic attack. I suddenly found myself looking in every direction, trying to find the source of my fear, and that's when I saw it, 10 feet away from me. It had a goat's head, pure brown fur, but the body of a man. I froze for a moment, and it stared back at me. But when it huffed a great burst of air out of its nostrils, it scared me so bad that I turned and ran back up the cliff to my family, almost falling right off the edge. When I made it back to them, I immediately turned to see if that thing was following me, but it was gone as well. I haven't seen anything like it since then, but I never want to go back to that witch's mill, and I didn't bring it up to my family either. They didn't see it, and it's something that's hard to convince someone else is real if they didn't experience it firsthand. I know it has something to do with that place. I know those grounds must be haunted by something. And though I'm curious, I'm too afraid to ever want to go back. You probably don't believe in the goat man. That's just fine. You can believe what you want, and the goat man will still be out there, watching people sleep from their cracked windows, stalking campers through the woods, sizing up children as his next meal, or maybe he just wants to play, play a devilish kind of game that has only one winner, a game the goat man wins every time. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. Remember, you can send us your true stories with the links in the description. And don't forget, you can get the Goatman t-shirt and more amazing merchandise at my store, morbidmonsters.com. Thank you. Stay safe out there and stay creepy.